While it may be cold outside, things are getting toasty warm at Global Voice Broadcasting. Heat up your winter nights with the hottest topics, the hottest celebrities, and today's best music. It's why Global Voice Broadcasting is becoming your 24-7 home for the music and talk you want right now. Discover your favorite shows and music anytime at globalvoicebroadcasting.com. It's time for Girl Boner Radio with August McLaughlin. A spicy blend of personal stories, in-depth reporting, and inspiration. Girl Boner is where good girls go for sexual empowerment. Listen in as August McLaughlin, award-winning health and sexuality writer, explores female sexual pleasure like no one else. She's the big sister slash girlfriend you've always wanted, and she loves to talk sex. Only on Global Voice Broadcasting. Pussy worship was the center of his devotion, and tonight, of all nights, I knew he was paying court to the galaxy of possibilities I had under my dress. Valerie Alexander, from a story called The World in My Pants. This is one of my favorite lines from Dirty Dates, Erotic Fantasies for Couples, a spicy anthology by Rachel Kramer Bustle. Rachel is an award-winning New Jersey-based author, editor, and blogger. She's edited over 50 books of erotica, including The Big Book of Orgasms, five volumes of um, Best Bondage Erotica, Anal Erotica, Women in Lust. She's on top and a whole bunch more. Her articles, which I've been a fan of for a long time, have appeared in many esteemed publications, including Cosmopolitan, Glamour, Harper's Bazaar, Marie Claire, Oh, The Oprah Magazine, and more. She also speaks at conferences, leading readings and erotic writing workshops across the country. Thank you so much for joining me, Rachel. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you. It's funny because I sort of, I didn't, recognize immediately that quote. And I was like, that's hot. (laughs) Isn't it? I had to read that one a whole bunch of times. I just felt like there's so many nuggets throughout the book. These, these lines that just hit me really, really beautifully and hard in this really poetic and erotic way. And that was one of them. I've got it highlighted on my, my Kindle and in the paperback. (laughs) So, um, I, I would love to start with one of my favorite questions before we get into your career and this wonderful book. Uh, how did you come to be so um, embracing of your sexuality? Starting with, with childhood, what did you believe about sexuality and, and kind of grow up learning about sexuality? It's a funny question because, you know, it's not like my childhood was either super repressed or, or the other way. Like, I, I I know a lot of people who, you know, had sexual thoughts at a young age or, you know, explored with their friends, just, you know, whether taking their clothes off or kissing or whatever or more. And I wasn't really that person. Like, I didn't really, I mean, I wasn't prudish or anything, but but I didn't really date too much a little bit in high school. Like, I did some exploration, but I was still a virgin when I graduated high school. But um, I grew up mostly with my mom, single mom, and, like, sex was always treated you know, as an open topic. I mean, we didn't discuss, you know, tons of details. It's not like I would tell her what I was doing with people. Um, but, you know, there was never any stigma around, you know, being gay or, you know, having sex or birth control. Um, so, you know, I feel like that meant that when I was older and I was exploring sex, you know, I just didn't have those hangups and I feel like that 
is something that's enabled me to go on to write about sex the same way I would any other topic. Like to me, I mean, yes, it's the bulk of what I write about, but it's not fundamentally different from writing about something else. Whereas for a lot of people, I think it's so private that the idea of even thinking about writing about your sex mm-hmm. life fictionally or, or nonfiction is jarring. Yeah, that's absolutely true. I've been to writers conferences that are genre specific, like about thrillers or just fiction in general. And there's almost always like a workshop on how to deal with the sex scenes. You know, it's this very daunting thing. So I think it's beautiful that you do have this uh, much more normalized uh, kind of view that this is, you know, hopefully we all get to that place our society does where it's not somewhat taboo. Um, I know a lot of the writing that you do, not all of it, but a lot of it is very kinky. This, this book, um, that I just read, Dirty Dates, is full of um, BD- BDSM scenes and, um, you know, doms, male and female, and all kinds of cool stuff. Is that something that uh, you also seek out in your own life? Is that kind of what led you into that part of writing? I mean, I would say my own personal interest and experiences with BDSM led me toward writing about it fictionally and wanting to edit uh anthologies about it i've done five uh erotica books about spanking because that's something that i really enjoy i i think it's fun i think it's hot and i also think it's great for fiction because there's just already if you say okay there's a spanking there's so much drama inherent in it i i think because you know who's doing the spanking who's why are they doing it like how is it happening are they standing up is someone across someone's knee like there's just all this potential and I feel the same way about BDSM as a topic I mean it is something I'm personally interested in my life like I've had periods where I'm practicing it more or less but I think because there's so much negotiation that goes on and there's so many different motivations you know what might be kinky for one person might be a turnoff for another person and I think erotica gives us a chance to find out you know who who is that person specifically it's not just a story about you know about bondage I mean it's not just a bondage story it's about okay this is the specific person in this specific situation with this other person or persons and like why are they doing this like what is their relationship um and that's the stuff that for me is always interesting and and it's why um, actually I've been saying 50 anthologies, but I found out that this is, this is actually my 60th dirty dates. Wow. Um, wow. So I've been, and I've been doing it for, I, I think my first one came out in 2004. So 11 or 12 years. Um, I've been doing it for a long time, but it's always interesting to me because everyone has a different take on what's sexy and what these characters motivations are. Um, and to me, that's what, what keeps it interesting, um, whether, and, and I don't think you need to practice BDSM yourself to appreciate it in fiction. Yes. Yes. That is so true. And, and I actually mentioned that in my Amazon review that I felt like, because I, I'm not, I'm interested, very interested in reading about BDSM, but it's not something that I've found enjoyment in my own life in. And yet I find myself that mystery, that sort of how people get to this place and who's in charge and the whole fantasy of it and, you know, learning about what turns them on. And there's so many mysterious and creative things. Uh, I have to mention the, uh, ginger 
Uh, I won't give it away, but oh my goodness, I'll never look at Ginger the same way. Like I will, it, it was so surprising. And I have to ask you, it sounds like, you know, in a really, not in a, you know, educational type tone or anything, the book does educate as far as, uh, I guess ideas people can, can take into their bedrooms or, uh, you know, new things they can try. Are there things that, now, do you know for a fact, like, for example, is that something, <laughs> the ginger happening? It's, they say in the story, you know, this won't hurt you. Are those things you have to like make sure, okay, this is something, because it's almost, I feel like some people might read this and go, use it as a tutorial in a good way. It's a, it's a tricky balance. Um, I mean, I fully believe that fiction, um, you know, doesn't necessarily have that responsibility, but I would not want to put, something in one of my books, whether it's something I wrote or an author wrote that I edited that that would be unsafe for someone. I mean, at the same time, I'm going to caution anyone, if you're reading Dirty Dates or any other work of fiction, like don't just try something because you read about it or because you saw a video of someone else doing it. I mean, you should do more research than that if you're going to try something potentially risky um, and certainly discuss it, you know, with the person you're going to do it with. Um, and, but I think that what I really appreciate in, in erotica um, is when people can make it, I, I don't know if educational is quite the right word, but suggestive or, you know, realistic Esque, real, you know, somewhat realistic, mm-hmm. but also a fantasy and sexy, um, and keep the eroticism level high, you know, where you don't feel like all of a sudden we're taking, a, a, we're, we're being taken away from the sexy moment to have an educational moment. You know, I think those can seamlessly be worked in. Um, and, you know, but at the same time, when I'm writing fiction, I don't feel like I'm writing something that I'm going to follow or someone else would follow. I mean, in my story, kind of, crazy things happen like this woman's wearing a blindfold and you know is in the car and strangers are looking at her and she's walking around and, and like in on the sidewalk and skimpy lingerie I mean I, I wouldn't necessarily suggest someone do those things I think they're for me they're hot in a fantasy way but I think in real life you would run into complications <laughs> that you wouldn't mm-hmm. run into in fiction and and I so I do that certain things you know I wouldn't have someone um, you know, tied up overnight or tied up where the person leaves the house and just leaves them, you know, what if there's a fire? What if something happens? I, I, I wouldn't, um, have something like that in one of my books, but, um, but beyond that, I think that I try to give room for fantasy, you know, for fantasy that, that works as fantasy. And you do a really good job of all of that, I, I feel. And I thought it was really seamless the way suggestive, suggestive was such a great word for, uh, the things that happen. And I can see a lot of people having their imagination take them in all kinds of directions. I know that pleasure was a really important element, basically the one thing the story had to have. Why is pleasure so important to you as far as these stories go? I think that's, you know, kind of part of what the, the payoff of, erotica is in my working definition of erotica and i think it's pretty close to the dictionary definition is writing in in, in the case of you know writing uh, writing intended to arouse um you know but i also try to try to answer the question of what is it that's making it arousing for this person because sort of like what i was saying before 
And someone might be aroused by, let's say, caning, which is, you know, someone using a cane to like spank someone. I mean, and someone else might be horrified and totally hate that. And I don't, I don't think if you're writing a caning story, the point is to say everyone should like this or, or even that you have to, you know, in, enjoy it as a reader, you don't have to enjoy it. But I think the job of the writer is to, to get into the head of the person who enjoys giving and or getting that caning and, and take us seamlessly into what about it is turning them on. And, and also like with BDSM, it can get complicated because maybe you're, you know, quote unquote, enduring something or even without quotes, you know, that you don't necessarily love, but for the sake of your kinky relationship, like maybe to prove a point or maybe to please the other person, or maybe you're, you're doing X so that you'll get Y. I mean, I think there's a lot of nuance sometimes um, to what, you know, when we say pleasure, it's not always, my pleasure is not necessarily going to look like someone else's pleasure. Um, and I think that in writing, you, you have room to playfully or, intensely or whatever however whatever your writing style is to you know get into the details of what specifically is bringing pleasure to the people in the story and um you mentioned before that there's you know male doms and female doms um there's something else that was important to me with this book is that it not all be from the point of view of the submissive uh, halves of the couples because I think that you know that's often the easier thing to write because you know the bottom or submissive things are being done to them or you know they're they're following someone's orders it's it can be trickier to eroticize the giving of orders or or the giving of pain um because I think the the men I think it, I think you know Fifty Shades of Grey, for instance. I'm not. I'm not going to get into critiquing the substance of it, but I. I think that there's something people often can find relatable more easily to a submissive point of view than a dominant point of view. But I think a really good writer can draw someone in, even if they think they don't want to read about a dominant point of view. If the story is a good story, um, they can get something out of it. Absolutely. And I really appreciated the, uh, variety too, you know, that the, the stories did take so many different directions and different perspectives. That was really fascinating. You mentioned, uh, you know, the writers and the writing and their approach. I know so many people who want to write or who are writing and who've considered writing erotica, uh, and, a lot of people are, you know, have mixed feelings. Either they're concerned about privacy or, or they love writing it, but just aren't quite sure how to, you know, take it from, uh, something that's in their mind or is a hobby and, and become professional. And you're so prolific. Do you have any tips for a newbie erotica writer, how they can get started? I mean, I think this is going to sound so obvious, perhaps, but I think really, I would say if you all, if you have that inclination, like if you're asking that question and you do have, not necessarily you have the whole story mapped out in your head, but you have something, even if it's just a sentence or a word or a topic that you want to write about, you know, block out all those other thoughts about who's going to read this and what does this mean? And, you know, what will this, you know, 
mean for my career and just write. Um, there's a book that I highly recommend about writing generally, not about erotica specifically, called Writing is My Drink by Theo Pauline Nestor. And I, I, the website is writingismydrink.com. And she has an exercise where you write for 26 minutes. And I think you can adapt that. You know, you can say, I'm going to write for whatever amount of time. I mean, it could be 10 minutes if that's all you have. And just go to the part of the story that you have in your head first. Like you don't always have to write a story starting at the very beginning. Um, and, you know, maybe what you think is the middle turns out to really be the beginning of your story and then you jump around in time. Um, you know, what you put down initially does not have to be the final product. And I think that um, especially when you're starting out, it, it's hard to discount those voices, like all the voices that tell you, you know, you shouldn't put your name on this or what will people think if I write about this or what will I think about myself? I mean, I've written certain things where at the end I'm like, where did this come from? What is this? This is not something I'm into. This is not my fetish, but it's what came out, you know, and you know what my character's interests are, are not necessarily going to be what my interests are. They might overlap often for me, they do, but sometimes they might not like your sex life might be a certain way or your end or your fantasies, but your characters might do totally different things. And I think that's a question that erotica writers ask themselves and are asked much more than, you know, a mystery writer, you know, is asked, okay, like, do you want to kill people? Because that's what happens in your book. <laughs> <laughs> that is so true because I wrote a thriller and no one has ever asked me, like there's some really horrifically violent scenes and no one has ever said to me, so have you ever, you know, killed a person and stabbed them in the testicles. Like no one has ever said that to me. Um, so I, I could see that's so interesting because people just assume that if you write about erotica, it must be, you know, the memoir of your sex life. Um, and I love your tip about not worrying what other people say, especially, you know, when you're just starting, just, just getting it out there. What are some of the other common questions or concerns that you hear from writers in your workshops? Well, I, and I just want to comment on what you just said. You know, people think that, you know, sort of this, easy that that it's easy that sex sells so you just put sex in and there you have erotica and also that you know we don't do research i do plenty of research i mean not every time but if i'm writing about um something that i've never done or even something that i have done but i you know want to get more information or i want to look at other types of butt plugs or rope or whatever it is you know i might look on i might look at porn i might look at you know, a sex toy site. I, I mean, I do research. It's not, and the research isn't always about sex acts. I once wrote a story about fire eating. And yes, I did research into how one eats fire because I'm not about to try it, but I had seen it and I was really fascinated by it. And I thought it was really sexy and a little scary. Um, and, you know, so I researched how to describe that in a way that was accurate. And so, the idea that, you know, erotic writers are only writing from a place of personal experience is not always the case. You know, they might be. Um, I, I think that's one assumption that either you've done everything in your erotica or, you know, you want to. And I'm not going to say that's never true. Sometimes that is true. But, you know, I, I don't think you can assume anything. And also that kind of goes along with the fact that if people just think you're spitting out 100%, um, you know, a dictation of 
something that happens to you, they're, they're kind of implying that there's not skill involved. And as someone who's written both completely fictional erotica and pretty much nonfiction erotica, you know, things that have happened to me, there's a lot of craft involved in telling a story where basically you're the protagonist because, you know, you still have to make it a complete story with a beginning, middle and end and, you know, do it just this, just, just cause you were there doesn't mean you know how to describe what happened in a way that readers are going to want to read. And in fact, it might be more challenging um, to do so because, you know, you know yourself. So you might say, Oh, I, you know, you know, fixed my hair, but if we don't know what color hair you have or how long your hair is or what it, you know, what it's like, like, we don't really know what that means. I'm thinking of a very early story I wrote called lap dance lust, which was, I, I think it's completely true. And it's about a lap dance I got at cheetahs in Los Angeles. And this happened in maybe 2002. It happened a long time ago. Um, you know, so, but I still had to build the momentum of the story um, in a way that, you know, made sense to the reader. And I still love that story. It's a very short one. Um, and it, and there, I, part of why I love it is that there's no sex in it. it the, the sexiness, the eroticism is about this laugh dance. And um, I think that's another myth that, you know, like there needs to be a certain number of, you know, sex acts or sex scenes or that just putting sex into your story makes it sexy. And it, I mean, yes, probably there's going to be sex in most erotica, but that brings up a whole other topic of like, what is sex? You know, some of the things that might happen in dirty dates, some of the kinky BDSM things might be sexy to these characters, but to someone who doesn't practice BDSM or isn't interested in it, you know, that might not be sexy to them. So, you know, I think there's even now when erotica is more mainstream and there's more of it around and it's more easily accessible, I think sometimes there is still this devaluation of it as just sex or, or, you know, it must be, you know, not that literary or not that, you know, whatever, because, because there's sex in it. Sure. They, sure. That term that, that uh, you still hear now and then is smut, you know, which just sounds like, to me, that just sounds kind of degrading. Like you said, it's, it's, um, certainly does take away the, the credibility. And, uh, you see that in your work and in this anthology a lot is the skill of the writers and, and how much, you know, thought goes into it that it's just as challenging as any kind of writing. And, it, you know, I, I, I teach a lot of writing classes, both online and in person. And, you know, it does take effort to, tell any kind of story but especially an erotic story and and there's more involved than just the you know physical elements and in fact I would say the biggest comment I make to my students is okay well what were they thinking what were they feeling here I think sometimes we have this tendency to think okay well this person slammed this other person up against the wall and kissed them and you know is grinding against them and we sort of assume that then we know what that means for that person but we don't necessarily or you know whatever the situation is like you still want to know what's going through the person's head because you you can't assume that you know you know someone might be having sex with like brad pitt and they might hate it you know so um no 
offense to Brad Pitt if he's listening, but you know, like, I mean, you can't just assume that because the person looks a certain way or whatever, whatever, that like the sex, sex with them is hot. Like you have to explain and like, you know, guide us through what makes it hot. And, and I think that goes double for BDSM. Um, and something that's a value of mine, I guess, is that I want a book like Dirty Dates to appeal. I mean, obviously it won't appeal to everyone, but I try to include stories that I think people can appreciate, even if they aren't part of the BDSM world or that's not something they think about or fantasize about. I think the stories still work as stories. And like you were saying earlier, I think part of the reason is because there, there is, there are elements of power in vanilla relationships as well. I mean, I, I, and I think that a book like this gets into some of the physical stuff, but also the mental kind of games and um, back and forth that there can be in a kinky relationship. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Uh, What is the most challenging part for you uh, when it comes to editing or writing erotica? Um, With editing, I think it's creating a balance. You know, it's not just picking the 20 stories I like the best because those might, you know, half of them might have spanking, let's say, and nothing wrong with spanking. And, you know, if it's a spanking anthology, great. But if it's not a spanking anthology, like, you know, I want to balance it out. Or for instance, I did a book this year called Come Again, Sex Toy Erotica. And I wanted each of the stories to deal with a different type of sex toy. Um, Just not, so that's not to say that there weren't, you know, multiple great stories stories about, you know, a vibrator or nipple clamps, but I wanted, I, variety was something that I wanted to give my readers. So that's probably the biggest challenge because I have a certain word count limit, which means usually around 20 to 25 stories. And that variety and diversity um, that I'm aiming for includes things like, you know, for dirty dates, I wanted male tops and female tops. I wanted the point of view of submissives and dominance. I wanted, you know, kind of newcomers to BDSM and longtime BDSM players. Um, and, you know, I wanted new couples and couples who'd been together a long time. That's a lot to balance in <laughs> yeah, 20 yeah. stories. Um, so that, that can be tough. Uh, with writing, for me, it's funny because I struggle with other kinds of writing and I'm, I'm not saying I never struggle with erotica. I do, but for the most part, like when I get an idea, I can usually do it justice if I sit down and write, which goes back to what I said before about the, just like starting. If I don't start when I have the idea, if I think, Oh, it's late at night, it's like midnight, I'm trying to go to sleep and this idea keeps popping up. I'll just write it in the morning. In the morning, I never have the idea in the same way. Like I might still vaguely recall, but I don't remember exactly what I was going to happen. So for me, the biggest challenge with erotica is like getting that first draft sort of down and and just learning that sometimes I start a story and it doesn't quite finish or, or I don't finish it that day or that you know time maybe I finish it a year later or I revisit the topic um, you know sometimes I think that just happens like they're not I, I don't sit and force myself to to finish every story I start you know but I I do try now to when I have these ideas to 
play with them. And sometimes that's as simple as like, I overhear someone say something and I get a story title and working backwards, I think, okay, I have this story title. What, you know, how can I do it justice? What can I, you know, fill in to make that story work? Um, and sometimes I just challenge myself like, okay, I've never written a story about X topic. I'm going to try to do that and it's fun like it's scary to write about something you have no idea what you're talking about I wrote a story in Tristan Taramino's uh, transgender and genderqueer anthology Take Me There and it's called Punching Bag and it's about boxing and I don't know anything about boxing I don't even watch boxing like it's too violent for me but I had this image of this uh, trans man boxing and you know for him it was this erotic endeavor and I wanted to explore that. And I have no idea why. Like, I don't want to try boxing. Boxing isn't sexy to me per se. But I, in in the context of writing that story, it, it was sexy. Mm. I love that. So how did you write about it then? Did you just research it from a, like, internet standpoint and, and try to get a grasp of what it would be like? You know, I did a little bit of research into, you know, like, the mechanics of boxing, but really I tried to think, take, take it back a step from boxing and think about, okay, like what is this, what is boxing standing for in the story? Like what is erotic about the interplay of these two people boxing? Um, you know, how does that relate to kink and BDSM and how does it relate to gender? Um, and you know, it's not something that I've, ever revisited boxing but I'm really proud of that one because I took a risk and I wrote about things that are not based in my own experience um and that can be you know it can be sometimes it doesn't always turn out you know that way I've tried to write about certain things and it hasn't panned out and I'll give you an example and this is not necessarily about sex but it's how does this topic fit into sex um the first time I got a tattoo was in 2011 and I thought, oh, okay, now I'll totally have all these tattoo erotica ideas because now I know what getting a tattoo is like. And um, since then I've gotten two more tattoos. So I do know what the experience of getting a tattoo is like, but that doesn't mean I can just like whip up tattoo erotica partly because for me getting tattooed is painful and not in a sex See, you know, fun way, you know, it, it's challenging to my body. And also, like, I really had to think about, okay, like, where's the sexy part? Like, is it while are you, is something happening while they're getting tattooed? Is it after? Is it, you know, whose point of view is it? And I and I have started a tattoo erotica story, and it never quite got finished. And maybe I'll return to it. But that's an example of something that, yes, I think I would like to write about it, but it's figuring out how that fits in with the erotic element of the story that I haven't quite, you know, mastered. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's so, interesting. so interesting. I keep hearing these themes of, you know, don't uh, make too, well, you can make assumptions, but don't uh, put all your money on them, you know, to be willing. And it's interesting because what you're talking about with writing is also what is so prevalent in in your stories in Dirty Dates it, and, and in erotica reading and writing is, you know, that openness and exploration and, and seeing where it goes. Um, what is coming up next for you? You have so many different uh, avenues that you work in. I'm really excited about my next book. Uh, it's called Best Women's Erotica of the Year, Volume 1. 
I'm the new editor of this series, which has been a long-running series for Cletus Press. Uh, you can go to bweoftheyear.com and find out about it. And I will soon be issuing a new call for submissions. So writers, um, follow me online and I will be posting that. And then in starting February 11th, I'm teaching a four week online erotica writing class at litreactor.com. Um, and I think that's going to be my sixth one. And I really enjoy those because before that, I'd only taught in-person erotica writing workshops, which I also do on occasion. But, you know, in two hours or three hours, you know, you only have room to talk about so many things. Um, and some people really enjoy that process of in-person writing workshops. But sometimes people are like, oh, you know, just as we got started, we're moving on to something else. And it's very fast paced. Um, with a whole month, you have time to you know, devote to writing longer pieces and getting critiques and revising. And, you know, maybe you go into it thinking, I don't have any questions. And two weeks later, you have lots of questions. Well, you can ask them and then I will either answer them or, you know, research and get an answer for you. Like, you know, and I, I love that. I love that each time is different and people ask really great questions. And because it's, all online, you know, I can go find out answers for them or find someone who, you know, can be a resource for them. Um, so I'm really, really excited about that. Beautiful. Beautiful. You mentioned staying in touch with you online and following your uh, social media profiles. Where's the best place to go or the best places to follow your work and learn more about you? The place I'm most active is Twitter. I'm at Raquelita, like Raquel with ITA on the end on Twitter. Um, and my website, rachelkramerbustle.com is not updated all the time. Right now it's up to date, uh, but you can sign up for my newsletter there and I update people about what's coming up. And so I will be issuing a new call for submissions probably in the next couple weeks. And I'm excited to work with lots of new authors on that. I just love her. Wasn't she an awesome, awesome woman? If you haven't read Rachel's work, head over to Amazon or wherever you buy books and get yourself a copy. And again, her website is Russell, excuse me, her website is rachelkramerbustle.com and follow her on Twitter at Rockalita. This week's Ask Dr. Megan segment brings up a related subject that I imagine many couples face. Bethany wrote this. So my boyfriend and I are getting serious. We connect on so many levels. There's just one biggish problem. I really love to get kinky. I'm into role-playing and BDSM. When I brought this up to him, he kind of freaked out. Not in a mean way. He's just really uncomfortable. He's not into any of it and said he could never understand under any circumstances why anyone would want to pull my hair or spank me no matter how much I wanted it, and I do. He says it would feel abusive. How can I respect his comfort zone and fulfill my fantasies at the same time? Great question, Bethany. Here is what our resident sex and relationship expert, Dr. Megan Fleming, had to say. Bethany, this is a great question. And it's one I've actually come across uh, a number of times in my clinical practice because you're sort of not alone that uh, it's not uncommon when you get into a relationship. You know, one, I always sort of say when you come together, it's what's on your erotic menu and what's on your partners and things that don't overlap tend to fall off. Um, and yet what you're saying here is that kink and BDSM is something that's really a, a big part of sort of your erotic life and your turn-ons and your fantasies. So I think it's important that your partner understands that why. 
when you engage in these practices, you know, what does it help you to experience and to feel? Um, the, the common p- part that I've had couple struggle with, as you've mentioned, is that I think, you know, men have really been grown up in a more feminist culture and really respecting women. And so the thought or idea, and I don't know his family of origin, like if he had sisters, his relationship with his mother, but the thought of on purpose, uh, from his perspective, in doing anything that creates pain or discomfort is sort of visceral and in his body and something that, you know, he doesn't want to do, uh, as you mentioned. And yet I think that, an opportunity here is to really explore through fantasy, even just helping him understand, you know, words like BDSM and kink often have powerful connotations, just like the word anal does. And so I'm not sure if he really understands what that actually entails for you. Uh, because, you know, the, the sheer definition of BDSM is bondage, discipline, sadism, and masochism. Sadism and masochism are very loaded words in our culture. So, I think that if he understands it's, as you said, you know, pulling my hair or spank, that that doesn't necessarily have to leave marks, right, or induce a lot of pain. But the thought of it and the experience is really erotic for you. So I think the more you break it down into what sexual practices um, are your big turn-ons and see whether he could approach those, and that's also the role of fantasy. If he still feels he can't do it in the moment with you, is is he in a place that he can engage in the sexual fantasy? And this sort of also goes into the role play, because I don't know if you recall when I first started dating my husband, we were getting serious. You know, we were experimenting also, but he was really so good at it. It freaked me out because <laughs> I was like, oh my God, come back. Um, so I think that if you have that sort of negotiation, think about what kind of role play would be fun or not overwhelming. And also to recognize you're just getting serious. So I think that the more that you establish the safety and the comfort um, in your relationship, and that's going to continue to grow, then the more risk that I think your uh, boyfriend's going to feel comfortable in taking with you. I think that more you both have those explicit, frank conversations, uh, you're going to definitely find a way to get both of your needs met. Beautiful advice. To learn more about Dr. Megan and connect with her, visit her website, greatlifegreatsex.com and follow her on Twitter at Megan Fleming PhD. She's also on Facebook as Dr. Megan Fleming. I hope that advice helped you out, Bethany. If you have any more questions along the way or just want to let us know how things went thereafter, please feel free to to give us a shout out. To submit your own question for me or Dr. Megan, learn more about all things Girl Boner, connect with me on social media and find some show extras, visit my website. That's augustmclaughlin.com. I hope you'll also like Girl Boner on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash mygirlboner. If you're loving Girl Boner Radio, I hope you'll subscribe on iTunes so you'll never miss a beat. While you're there, we really appreciate those ratings and reviews. Thank you so much for listening, everyone, and have a beautiful Girl Boner Embracing Week. <laughs>